0: Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba shalom and welcome back to unstoppable faith Uh, doc here it's an honor and a privilege to bring the word of god right into your home or maybe you are in the car at faith fm radio here in ontario canada we just want to say thank you so very much for tuning in and for those watching around the world either in zambia or on ZNBC tv3 we say thank you for tuning in and those of you thousands and millions watching through ki tv we continue with my guest this week we'll be looking at the balance between grace and faith and i have a dr david mischark senior pastor of new song church in kitchener ontario with us in the studio let me just welcome him once again and we're gonna unleash him to just teach the word of god welcome to the program once again
1: it's good to be here with you. It's an always,
0: o- always an honor to hang out with you. Yeah, it's, it's always a good time. <laughs> so we're going
1: to go back to the Word. Okay.
0: I want you to take us right into the Word of God, balancing between faith and grace. And uh, before we do that, let me just read the scripture to the people here. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, and I'm reading from uh, the CSP Bible. It says this, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's God's gift. We find it very difficult to balance between faith and grace, and God has given this man of God the revelation of how we can find balance, because it is finding that balance between faith and grace, walking in the balance of both, that is a big challenge for all of us, myself included. I'm so glad this man of God, Dr. David Mischak, is gonna teach us on the balance. Pick it up, man of God.
1: Well. Thank you. The Word of God teaches us throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament that the just shall live by faith. It says it in Habakkuk. It says it in, in in so many different places throughout Old and New Testament. And so we also know that Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We're not here just to hold on until Jesus comes back. That was the big teaching when I was growing up and in, in Pentecostal circles. It was like the rapture that could happen at any moment. And if life was tough, things are going bad. And so we just hold on until Jesus Jesus comes back. But he doesn't want to just hold he doesn't want us just holding on until he comes back. He has an abundant life for each and every one of us to live. He has called us to be victors, overcomers in every aspect of our lives. And the only way we're going to do that is as we learn to be led by the Spirit. And the only way you can be led by the Spirit is, is as you walk by faith, because it takes faith to be led by the Spirit of God. And so we, we, we use that scripture verse, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and how these two work together, and how when we get unbalanced in one or the other, we end up believing that it's all up to us if it's all the unbalances in the area of faith, or we end up believing that the the, ba- the, uh, the the unbalance of grace that it's all up to God. And so I ended off talking about this fact that anything, any human need that 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 we could have in any area of our lives has already been provided by God. Not just salvation for eternity, but everything has been provided already for us to live this abundant life. And how do we access this grace of God? The grace the work that God does. Faith is the work that we do. And so how do we access the grace of God? How do we access the grace of God for salvation? Well, we do it through faith. How do we access the grace of God for healing in our lives? It's not just hit or miss. We access salvation and healing and deliverance and joy and peace and provision. We access these graces of God, these promises of God through faith. And so we need to understand. So a lot of people get tripped up and because they don't understand. Uh, They they think, think, well, yes, it is true that that faith causes the power of God to come into manifestation in our lives, but it isn't God responding to your faith. Faith doesn't move God. That's where I ended off. Faith doesn't move God. He's already been moved. God's already been moved to provide for you. God has already been moved to save you, to heal you, to deliver you, to bring you everything that you need to do what God has called you to do. He's already been moved. And so what faith doesn't do, it doesn't move God, but faith moves you. Faith moves me into position to receive what God has provided. And so it doesn't, faith doesn't cause God to have a positive response towards me. And, and that's actually really good news, because He loves me either way. You know, it's like with my, my kids. When my kids respond to me the right way, I don't love them uh, any more or any less. If they respond the the wrong way, and so God just loves us. He cares for us, and He provides for us. But He, he and He loves us whether we trust Him or not. He's going to love us. But the level of uh, of the kingdom of God that you experience in your life is, is going to be determined by how you mature in the faith that you have. And each and every one of us has been given faith. The Book of Romans says, "To each is given." a measure of faith. And so if we want to see this kingdom life manifested in our lives, we need to learn to trust Him, we need to learn to respond by faith, alright? We need to learn to respond by faith, and we do that, faith puts us into position what God has already given. So, I'm going to make a really loaded statement right now, okay? And some of you may go, oh, but I hope you don't, but just listen to me. If, listen to this. if God hasn't provided it independently of your efforts, and prior to your need, then your faith can't make it happen. Mm-hmm. Your faith can't make anything happen. All right. If God, if God, that is, if God hasn't already provided it independently of your effort and prior to your need. And, and probably one of the most misinterpreted scripture verses in the Bible is Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 that says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And then you, what you have is you have somebody who's five foot nothing walking around saying, Well, if I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me, then I'm going to be an NBA player and make millions of dollars every year. And uh, that's not faith. That's foolishness or pre- presumption. And so what ends up happening is people who end up on the extreme end of the faith message. Now, I. A lot of people would consider me on the extreme end of the faith message, but I don't. I find myself in the balanced area of the faith message, where I'm not entering into something called foolishness or <laughs> presumption. I've learned how faith operates, how faith works, and and, and, and God is pleased. It, it says, if we it, Hebrews, we read it last time, Hebrews one six. Without faith, it's impossible should, to, to please, please God. God. Mm-hmm. And so there's got to be some faith in our heart. And I'm not talking about your denomination. I'm not talking about the things that you've been talking. I'm talking about faith in your heart. The level of trust that you have in God for daily living. Not just for your salvation, not just for your eternity, but for daily living. Now, a lot of people on the extreme end of faith end up going into what I call foolishness or presumption. God has not promised you that you can be whatever you want to be. One of the worst things that you can do to your kid uh, when they're growing up is say, "Well, you can be whatever you want to be." No, no, God has not designed you to be whatever you no. want to be. God has designed you to be what He wants you to be, and, and we need to have an understanding that, that 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 if I'm five foot five foot tall, the chances of me being an NBA player are slim to none. And so you can't faith your way into it. That's not what I'm talking about. That's foolishness. Mm-hmm. That's presumption. God has not promised that. And so what happens is, is most Christians today lean towards grace or faith, and they're out of balance. Alright? And, and here's how an imbalance in grace affects your life. When you believe that everything is determined by God's grace, the result is, is that you as a Christian become very passive. You become very passive to the point where everything is up to God. K Surah, Surah, whatever will be, will be. The future's not mine to see. You get the idea. Everything's up to God. And, and nothing happens unless it's will. And so you end up having this idea. Bad things happen to people and say, well, God must have willed it because. Nothing happens unless it's God's will. Well, there's a lot of things that happen that aren't God's will, and they happen because we allow them to happen. That's right. (laughs) All right. What is what is it? It's an abuse of the sovereignty of God. God ends up getting blamed for a lot of things that. Aren't his mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't know about you, but if you've ever been to a funeral before in your life and if you, if you have a preacher stand up there and I, who, who doesn't understand what I'm saying today, they will stand up and say something ignorantly, and I don't mean that in the wrong way, mm-hmm. I mean that they just don't understand some yeah. things. And they will stand up and say something like, well, God needed another flower mm-hmm. in heaven. And so God needed, God needed your daddy mm-hmm. in heaven. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, that 10-year-old kid who just lost their dad for whatever reason is thinking, well, if God needed my daddy in heaven, how come I, I need my daddy yeah. here and now? Yeah. And God was not the author of taking his dad home, yeah. no matter what the reason was. Unfortunately, we live in a, a world where bad things sometimes mm-hmm. happen to good people and we don't have control of every circumstance that is going on. But but you cannot for a minute just believe that everything that happens in life is God's will. It is an abuse of the sovereignty of God. If you believe that everything that has happened to you is the will of God, then you are going to have trust issues. Mm-hmm. And I have seen that happen. I have seen that happen in young men and young women's lives who grow up and with, who losing a parent or losing a friend. They end up having trust issues because they don't understand if, if, if God needs this person, who might He need tomorrow? Mm who's he going to take out of my life tomorrow and i'm supposed to what and they end up having trust issues and many of them fall away from church because they're not taught this and they, they, they who who would want to go to a church where 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 you're being taught that god could take your parent at any moment yeah. and it's just his will Who who wants to learn that way? And You know, when a loved one passes away early, an extreme view of grace results in you being passive and untrusting, and you'll never see the fullness that God has for you. You'll never see the best. Now you can have good, but you'll never see the best that that God has. And what ends up happening is, even as Scripture talks about it, some people have been shipwrecked. Mm -hmm. Scripture talks about the shipwrecking of some people's faith because nobody taught them the difference between God grace and faith. Nobody taught them the difference between what God has done for us on the one hand and what He expects from us moving forward, walking by faith. And so people get this weird idea, and they have to relearn and unlearn some things that they've grown up in. And so when God put Adam and Eve on this earth, He told them to be fruitful, to, be, to multiply, to, to rule and have dominion. And then He gave them seed, and the seed was the way to multiply what He saw. And God has His part in creation, and mankind had their part. All right, It, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. The calling of Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth on the earth. The only way we're going to do this, and have this come to fruition in our life, is as we learn to walk by faith in our daily lives. And so it's important for us as believers to understand that we've got to learn to walk by faith. And not by sight. not by sight. Okay, faith is my positive response to what God has already said or what God has already provided. Now let me keep going on here because faith um, faith causes the power of God to come into manifestation. But it isn't God responding to your faith; uh, it, it is you putting yourself in position, the proper position, to receive what God has already provided. Now, faith is something that we have to learn to use in the same way that you have to learn to use your muscles. You have to learn to walk. You have to learn to balance. Faith is like a muscle. There, There's uh, two instances in the Bible where it says that Jesus marveled at the faith of people. Mm-hmm. Two, only two instances. One of them was the, great, was the great faith of the centurion, and the other was where he marveled at their lack of faith. Yeah. Those two situations, he marvelled at the great faith of the centurion, and then he also marvelled at the lack of faith of the people of his hometown. And so, faith puts us into position to receive what God has talked about. Now, let's move on. I want to get to that scripture verse, and I believe it's in um, you know. Let's say this: John chapter uh, third, John chapter two. Beloved, I wish above all things that Thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers and so um, there's two areas that I believe people really struggle in when it comes to uh, when it comes to faith uh, healing and finances. We know what god 's will is in these areas god's will is that we be healthy and god 's will is that we pro- be provided for now each person's story is a little bit different each person's faith is at a, a different place of different development a- and um, you know what when we learn to exercise the, the, the muscle of faith in a certain area, then it grows in that area. But what I found is some people will exercise faith greatly in one area, but they won't exercise faith in another area. Another area. And, and it's sort of like if you've ever been to a gym working out, uh, you see the guy that goes and all day long he just presses, he's, he's doing bench presses, and he's got this amazing chest, and he's doing arm curls, and he's got these incredible pipes that could just lift anything. But then you look down at the bottom of him, and he's got these skinny, skinny little legs. <laughs> and what did he forget? He forgot leg day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he had chest day, yes. he had arms nice. day, but he forgot about leg day. Yes. And it, because rea- the reality is, it's easy to work out the chest and grow it, it's yeah. easy to work out, but yes. the, one of the hardest muscles to grow and strengthen <laughs> is the area of the That's legs, true. and so we naturally grow faith in areas and each and every one of us is like that we, it's easy to grow faith in certain areas but yes. we've got to work on the legs maybe yes. and there's a lot of christians today struggling you have a level of experience that is limited because you're not you're not working on legs and so maybe mm-hmm. you, you you're you, Healing has been provided, but you're not being healed. Maybe you need to work on healing. You need to spend some time working in the Word of God, digging into the Word of God. What does it say? You know, well, I, You know, if, if we had this type of attitude, well, I gave my life to Christ, but it didn't work for me. Well, I prayed for prayed for healing, and it didn't work for me. Well, God's will is that everyone be saved. We know that. All right? It will work. All right? God's will is that we all walk in divine healing, but many won't. Do, do, does God ever fail? No. Let me just ask you that question, does God ever fail? The no. answer is no, we all know that. Mm-hmm. Now here's the, here's the question, does faith ever fail? Does faith ever fail? Mm-hmm. Real faith yeah. never, never fails. fails. Real faith, the problem is never on God's end, the mm-hmm. problem is always on mm-hmm. our end. end. And that's a hard thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a day and age when nobody wants to be blamed. Everybody wants a ninth place ribbon for for, for you know, going and just being part of the race or whatever the case may. When I was growing up, it was first, second, and third. Mm-hmm. And the reality is today we should only give a first place prize. Yes. You know, forget yes. second and third. You know, there's only one person that wins the race, and everybody else is just like, well, that's just thank you for yeah. showing up kind of thing. Yeah. You worked hard, but you didn't quite get there. You know what? <laughs> People are destroyed when they don 't understand some things. Hosea said, "My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, and there's Christians today that are suffering that don 't have to be suffering. There are Christians today that, that aren 't exercising faith properly in certain areas, and because of it they 're being destroyed. And so the problem is never on god 's end. The problem is always on on our end. We see throughout the New Testament that everybody who approached Jesus in faith received their miracle from God. Everybody who approached Jesus received their miracle. From God. And like I said, each person's situation is a little bit different, but many times it's our lack of understanding that's, that's the hindrance. Mm-hmm. It's our lack of understanding. And, and as I said, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Okay, now uh, what do we do? Now, what do we do when we fail? Mm-hmm. You know, I've had failures. Yeah. I oh, mean, we've, I've... We've
0: had y- so many of them. Yeah.
1: Out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the one thing is, is I, I, I've i learned from the failures. I yes. didn't give up. Yes. There are certain things that I've stretched out to believe God for, and I fell flat on my mm. face. Mm. And I just learned that i got to pick myself up and move on. So what do we do? When we fail, mm. to each of us is given the measure of faith, and I'm going to share a story with, with, with the viewers right now of my beginning of learning to walk by faith. I was a kid who grew up in church all my life, um, you know, singing hymns, praying, baptized in the Holy Spirit at a young age, even, and, um, and, and here I was, a 17-year-old going off to Bible college. I'd lived up in a typical middle-class home. And in that typical middle-class home, um, there, were, there were very few needs that i had. I never had need for food. It was always provided. I was never in need of need shelter because it was always provided for me. and And, and so my faith, I didn't really have to step out and believe God for a lot of things because a lot of things were provided for me. Now that's different than someone else's real experience mm-hmm. coming from another country because maybe they had to learn to believe for some of those very basic needs. And the reality is that some people in other countries who have a lot less who are actually more developed in their faith than us as North, North Americans who just take a lot of things for granted. And so, what I had to do is, I had to learn to trust God, and when I was in Bible college, I just remember, I came to a point, Dr. K, where I didn't have enough toothpaste, and I was running out of toothpaste, and this was back before cell phones, this was back before the internet. I would call my parents once every two weeks, a collect call on a Saturday night back home if I could get a, get the phone. And And I said, you know what, I need toothpaste, I have no money, there was no way for them to get me money. And all around me I saw people from various nations, even from Africa who came to this Bible college, even from South America and from Europe, and and people who had a lot less and showed up with a lot less at Bible college than I showed up with, in a physical sense, uh, material sense. And I said, I watched them receiving miracles of God's provision, and I'm like, wow, God, if You'll do it for them you'll do it for me. I've got to learn how to trust you." Mm -hmm. And God the worst thing that's going to happen if I don't get toothpaste, the worst thing is is I'm going to have green teeth or I'm going to have bad breath, one or the other. And so I said, God, I'm going to learn to trust you for toothpaste. I'm not going to tell my parents. I'm not going to tell my roommate. I'm not going to tell anybody. But, Lord, I, I've got just a little bit of money left, and it's not enough to go out and buy a tube of toothpaste. I gave the last little bit of money that I had in an offering. I said, God, this is what I'm giving because it's not enough for my need. And so you take it, you do with it what you can. And I'm believing you to provide for me. And, and I just prayed. And, and it came down to the final squeeze. You know how when you squeeze the tube yes. of toothpaste and you're trying, I'm getting as much, I'm using as little as I can and getting as much as I can out of this tube of toothpaste. And, and I finally came to the day where there was no toothpaste, toothpaste. left. Mm. Okay, God, here here's the moment. And you know what happened the very next day? Uh, we had a mail call, and what happened was is my roommate received a package. And he came into the room with a package, and receiving a package in those days was like <sighs> it was like a care package. It was like the most incredible thing that you could get from parents or friends or whatever the case may be. And in that, in that package was two tubes of toothpaste. He looked at me, he held them both up, and he says, huh, I've got two tubes of toothpaste here. I don't need two, because I've still got another one here. Do you want one of these? And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And on the inside, I'm shouting. On the inside, I'm screaming. I'm having a Holy Ghost dance right there in my room, you know. And I'm just having a grand old time, God. And I tell you what, from that day forward, there's two things that I started doing. Mm-hmm. Is I started when I saw a need in someone else's life, I started giving. Amen. I started giving. If I had something that could be a benefit to someone else, man, I gave. I gave suits away and to friends in Bahamas, and I have a preacher friend of mine in the Bahamas, Philip Drayton, who still <laughs> reminds me every now and again. He says, "I'm so glad." He says, "I came to I came to Rhode Island, and I came with all these Bahamian suits that were so thin." And but he said, "God put it on your heart to give me a suit, and you gave me the best wool suit." And he said, "I was so warm." And and what has God provided for me ever since that day? I've had more than enough provision in the area of clothing mm. in my life. Hallelujah. And so- but there has been times when I have failed. Mm-hmm. And what do we do when we fail? Mm-hmm. Well I want to encourage you, no matter, mm-hmm. don't view yourself, I am not preaching this message to mm-hmm. condemn anybody for a lack of mm-hmm. faith, because the reality is we have all got faith, we just got to learn to use the measure that we have got and develop it and grow that muscle. Mm-hmm. And So don't get down on yourself, but pick yourself back up mm-hmm. again. If the process needs to start with some repentance inside of your heart, then ask God to forgive you. Mm-hmm. Pick yourself up and know that God is always for you mm-hmm. and not against you. Amen. Begin to exercise muscles. Amen. begin to stretch out so instead of the next time when you have a headache going and reaching for the Tylenol bottle why don't you say I'm going to learn to trust you God for healing right now Amen. and the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to have a headache yeah. and so get the word of God out start meditating on scripture you know begin to exercise the muscle mm-hmm. for that next challenge mm-hmm. now the healing of my son is a whole other story altogether. Mm-hmm. my firstborn, born Quentin mm-hmm. when he was in the womb way uh, back as a little kid and uh, when when the doctor was telling us that you need to abort your child. I don't have time to get into that whole story right now. Um, I, I, I was at a point in my life when I was faced with a decision about to abort him or to stand on God's word and believe for complete healing mm-hmm. in his body while he was in the womb of my wife. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I am so thankful that I learned to stretch my faith and believe God for one dollars, mm-hmm. one dollar tube of toothpaste a long time ago when I was 17, mm-hmm. because I guarantee you I would not have been able to face this challenge. Mm-hmm. Now. Let me say this how did as i'm winding down here but how did the centurion have great faith faith that saw and i believe it's in mark chapter mark chapter 8 just just read it sometime how did the centurion have great faith faith that saw his servant get healed now the interesting thing about the centurion was is this, is that he was a gentile and he had no claim to anything that Jesus was doing. Alright, but it was interesting to note that, but, that before he had this interaction with Jesus, and, and he said to Jesus, you know, just uh, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home, but just simply speak the word. Mm-hmm. Before that, he, there was a couple things that he saw happen. One of them was, was the, the healing of, of Peter's mother-in-law, I believe it was, and the other was the casting out of, of a demon of someone in the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Now the interesting thing was that was the very synagogue that he had paid for and built. And so he saw these miracles take place, and now all of a sudden he has a need in his life, and he knows Jesus understands something about authority, and and he, he just looks at Jesus and he says, simply speak the word. Mm-hmm. He says to him, simply speak, speak the, the word. word. He, he'd heard about the miracle, and, and, and uh, he'd heard about the previous miracles, and he says, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home, just simply speak the word. He observed what Jesus has done, and, and he submitted to that, and he said, just just say, I understand authority, I'm a man in authority, and, and you understand authority. If you'll just say the word, I'll, I'll know what to do right now. And so here's where so many Christians miss it. They miss it because they don't understand authority, they don't understand how authority works, and they don't understand how honor works. And as a result of their lives, because they don't understand authority, they don't understand how honor works, and they don't understand how faith works, there is no great miracles that take place in their lives. And we're going to peek it up. In our last episode,
0: uh, right on there, but uh, i 'm enjoying this uh, teaching uh, uh, if you 're following let me let me break it down before we close here. Uh, some of the points that were made by Dr. David Mischuk that I want you to catch, and I want you to pay attention. One of the points was uh, faith moves you to move for what God has already provided. And you also said, uh, faith uh, positions you to receive. Faith sets you to move with God. Faith uh, puts us in the position uh, uh, for what God has already provided. Uh, faith sets you on a path to your breakthrough. Faith sets your dream and your vision in motion. Uh, 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 There are many points that he made and I was just writing all those points and I love them because uh, here is another one. Faith uh, is your positive, positive response for what God has already provided. And faith, uh, you know, we need uh, faith in every area of our lives. He shared on uh, how we can be extreme on one end and then uh, be failing on another end God wants us to have faith or to believe him for everything in our lives we're gonna continue next week with this topic finding the balance between faith and grace and I believe the Lord is gonna bless you and empower you to live an overcoming life full of prosperity and the richness of the grace of God and the provision of God may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you as you continue to watch unstoppable faith right here from Canada to around the world. Shalom, shalom. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at at Kazumbacharles.com and share your testimony.